Dan Crenshaw destroys Bill Meyer in an interview. Pelosi tries to lie her way out of deceiving the American people. And Trump totally exposes globalism. We're going to get into all this and more. But before we get into this, please give my podcast five stars on Apple if you can. The the crazy left are, are just spamming one stars on my podcast. And we need to combat that because it's just all five stars and then all one stars. It's leaving me at about a three rating. I know I'm not a three rating. I, I think I do a pretty decent job. So if you can please do that, thank you. Now let's get into this. Welcome to America the Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Saladino, where we go through everything in the news today. Now let's get into this. Listen to this communistic style video from Mayor de Blasio. New Yorkers, you have been extraordinary at social distancing. And let me tell you, it has taken every fiber of our beings to figure out how to do this because we're warm, emotional people. We're used to being close to each other. We're used to being packed into subway cars, and we've had to do the exact opposite and figure out how to keep distance. It's not natural for us. It's not normal for us, but you've done it. You've done an amazing job. Now, look. Thank- Started out the message pretty good. Thank you, everyone who's done it the right way, but we still know there's some people who need to get the message, and that means sometimes making sure the enforcement is there to educate people and make clear we got to have social distancing. So... Now it is easier than ever when you see a crowd, when you see a line that's not distanced, when you see a supermarket that's too crowded, anything, you can report it right away so we can get help there to fix the problem. And now it's as simple as taking a photo. (laughs) All you got to do is take the photo. Bill de Blasio wants people to snitch. You know what happens to snitches. They get stitches. And put the location with it and bang, send a photo like this. And we will make sure that enforcement comes right away. Text. I swear, this is the plot of Equilibrium. <laughs> the photo, the 311-692, and action will ensue. Enforcement will come to get the They tried to come up with a rhyme. Listen. Sure that enforcement comes right away. Text the photo, the 311-692, and action will ensue. Oh, my god! Enforcement gosh. will come to get the help we need. Or you can use the 311 app, send that photo there, and you'll make sure immediately there's follow-up. Look, this is important. I want to keep reminding people, it's about saving lives. Sending that photo in is going to help make sure that people are kept apart, and that's going to stop the disease from spreading, and that's going to save lives. So do your part. Rat on people for standing too close and have the Gestapo agents show up to (laughs) diverse lines of people standing five feet apart instead of six now people are sharing a lot of photos of cuomo touching people i put one up on screen i don't know the context of that or when the photos were taken so uh take for that what you will i'm not gonna go off on too much about that this is a mayor this is a message from the mayor not the governor uh just for (laughs) um reference but yeah so de blasio wants people to collectively enforce social distancing by having everybody rat on people. I think they actually might have closed the number down after the massive amount of backlash. I replied back saying de Blasio the communist, and I actually got more likes than than he got on his post. Someone else said, your communist roots are showing. I noticed you said enforcement and not law enforcement. Is this because the cops in your own city hate your guts? (laughs) That is true. So the... Um, that which is which which is it? SBA. Let me see. Let me look it up really quickly. I just I just remembered, uh, the SBA 
NYPD, they actually, this is um, official, official Twitter page of, uh, yeah, this is, um, listen to this. They made a video, the SBA NYPD posted on Twitter, New York City was told five years ago de Blasio had blood on his hands when P.O. Ramos and P.O. Lu were assassinated. Five years later, about 8,000 more people are dead from COVID-19 thanks to de Blasio's incompetence. See for yourself. And then they just put a comp compilation together. To New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives. But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as... So these are from leaders pre-COVID-19 panic. They're encouraging people to go out into crowds. And you see how that changed so much and so drastically the narrative and they're just trying to push all that blame on trump this was an epic compilation they put together showing all these democrats on full display showing their incompetence me personally obviously covid19 isn't the crisis that is being made out to be but the point is that they're being hypocritical these are the people who are promoting that it is that multi-million people killer but then just a couple months ago, they were saying, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Just go gather in large crowds in Chinatown, nonetheless, just to see that backfire in their face. Massive hypo hypocrites. So, <laughs> yeah. Listen to Pelosi beg for money during a pandemic. Republicans are making it absolutely clear they want to unseat me. I refuse to let them attack our values. Can I count on you to rush in $10 before midnight to help me fight back? Thank you. So Pelosi released this video in the middle of a pandemic of her asking for $10. Obviously, it's being made viral now because <laughs> it's it's still running on Facebook. I believe it's it's an ad on Facebook or at least was an ad. But she released this in the middle of a pandemic when millions of Americans are losing their jobs. Pelosi is a multimillionaire in the tens of millions and has a refrigerator that's worth $40,000. And she's asking you, the people who are losing their jobs, the people who I, she's, she's using the Republicans want me out. So give me money to help me stay in as her reasoning to take your money. I just find it so ridiculous. I mean, she she's she's running a house campaign. You can probably her district's probably a solid blue district. You can win that seat with a million dollars. And you can get that money from your big corporate multi-billion billionaire and millionaire donors. You don't need to step down to take money from the people to fund your campaign when you're sitting on a mansion. You're living in a mansion, a big mansion. You know how many people... You, 
your fridge is worth people's year's salary. <laughs> and you're stuffing it, and it's almost, and it, I'm pretty sure she has uh, an, um, a, ho- a homemaker that fills the fridge for her. That's the thing rich people have. They always have fully stocked fridges at all times with the stuff they want because they have a housekeeper or a homemaker, whatever it would be, just constantly refilling the fridge when anything runs low so it's nice and neat. Everything's fully stocked up and fully organized. They don't go to grocery stores like we do they just their stuff is just filled at all times and she's asking you obviously not you listening you're probably a republican listening to this but she's asking the people her democrat voters to send her 10 bucks meanwhile her district is is mostly homeless people <laughs> i mean come on who who from your district can give you 10 bucks it's it, they're not going to you know it's obviously there are rich people that are going to donate more than 10 bucks to her. They're going to donate to her in the thousands. But what person who has 10 bucks is going to be like, oh, yeah, let me give it my $10, my last $10 to Pelosi. I can barely put food on my table. I got laid off. I got fired. Or I got uh, my hours were cut. I can barely pay rent. I can't even pay the bills. I can barely put food on the table. Let me give Pelosi my 10 bucks. <laughs> Those are the people who she's targeting with these ads. If she wanted to target the corporate mega donors, you don't put an ad out. You just host a fundraiser. But a lot of campaigns are suspending their fundraising in the midst of this pandemic. I, I was working on starting up a, a super PAC to help Republicans in swing districts win. And you know what? I, I told my people, let's cancel it. <laughs> We're going to have to ask people for donations to help fund this, and now's not the time to ask for donations, so we just canned the whole project. But I feel like I'll still I'll still use myself, my, my uh, notoriety, my followers. I'll help Republicans win in swing districts just by using my following and, I guess, my fan base, my follower base. I'll, I'll do that to help people out. But when it comes to asking for money, I mean, that's not something you're going to see from me probably ever or maybe if i'm doing like those live streams where it's you know oh donate uh to play video games i don't know i'm not i don't like to speak in absolutes just because that's when you hypocriticize yourself when you speak in too much absolutes but you won't see me begging for money during the pandemic while million millions of people out of work and millions tens of millions of more unable to pay their bills you won't see that from me. I can tell you that much. As for Pelosi and the Democrats, uh, I can't say the same. You'll probably, you'll probably see more of that. <laughs> Listen to Trump destroy globalism. Very simple. Make your parts here. They get one part from this country, one part from that country. It's all over the place. The problem is if one country has a problem, you have no car or whatever it is you're making. So we've learned uh, a good lesson. I think a lot of smart people knew that before. But we've uh, distributed many hundreds of millions of masks. This pandemic has underscored the vital importance of reshoring our supply chains and bringing them back into the United States, where they belong, where they should have never left. What happens if you're in a war and you have a supply chain where half of your supplies are given to you by other countries? Who Who are the people that thought of this? These are globalists. It doesn't work. It certainly doesn't work during rough times, bad times, or dangerous times. 
And Trump is so right because the previous leadership before Trump, what they did was they globalized. They shipped all of our stuff overseas. They started to outsource. And then we're left with globalism. <laughs> and Trump's explaining why the globalism is no good, why it's bad. This is the problems we deal with. We're, we're dealing with so, sort of a wartime right now where we're dealing with this pandemic and we're getting things from over there, things from over here, and supply chains are, are at risk because maybe that country doesn't want to give up certain supplies because they need it, and then it puts us in a bad position. So Trump pretty much knocked down and destroyed the globalism because now we're dealing with something and there's all this globalism is not helping us. So I think Trump is going to flip this into a positive. We've, I think this, this is a big, big turning point in the American economy, uh, maybe the economy as a whole throughout the world because we've been relying on China a lot. This is going to cut our reliance on China big time. I've previously thought that perhaps this was part of China's plan to not release this virus on the world, but purposely spread the misinformation to make the whole world go into a panic. And that might help China out in the short term, because as the whole world's in a panic with closed economies, they're still doing whatever they're doing. The problem is a lot of their economy relies on our economies because they sell so much stuff to us and they're such a big trade. But China is known as being more um, segregated from the world. They're, they're, they're their own thing. So who knows? Maybe China wanted to try to distance from the rest of the world. I don't think that is the case because their influence in American, the American economy is just growing with you know apps like TikTok and tech companies. They're doing a lot to get a lot of influence. Obviously, they're influencing Hollywood a lot. They're influencing some politicians you know, like Biden. So they're trying to take over. And since Trump is not a globalist, he's not one of these um, deep state folks, Trump's going to flip this into a massive positive. He is going to cut our dependence from China as much as possible. And I hope the American people also go and do that as well. Well, they, you know, I'm purposely going to go out of my way to buy American. If I see China on anything, I'll, I'll, I will pay more for American products. That goes without saying. And I think that that same thing goes for you guys watching. I will pay more for American products. Obviously, I can afford it. Not everybody could afford it. So if you can't afford it, that's, that's perfectly fine. But if I'm going to buy something online, I'm going to make sure the manufacturer is American-based, even if it costs a few bucks more. Amazon makes that easy. You can just type in whatever you need, and then you just go through, okay, what <laughs> what, what can I get? Oh, trying to meet next. Nope. Okay, American. Point. Go. So that's where I stand. I hope that's where the majority of the public stands. At least that's how they feel and how they want to respond. I'm pretty sure the majority is is that way. Obviously, can't say the same for the Democrats. They're, we know they're anti-American for the most part. These radical leftists, they hate America. They'll probably purposely go out of their way to buy Chinese products just because, uh, oh, that's racist not to buy from China. It's not racist. It's, we're in an economic war. <laughs> we're in a war with the invisible enemy, as Trump would say, a virus. And this is how we can punish the Chinese government for not giving the proper information, which is leading to this whole economic downturn and this whole all this devastation. So 
That is our response, and we need to respond and mobilize as Americans, not just the government. Can't trust the government to always mobilize. You know, if one day we don't have Trump in office, God forbid if Biden wins, we're not going to have that government force um, loosening our dependence off China. We need to do it as Americans, as the people. It's we the people. We hold all the power at the end of the day. We need to make sure that we do what we can in our own personal lives to loosen our dependence of China products and China goods by American. All my cars I have, I believe, are American. I think they're American-made. I'm pretty sure Tesla's American-made. I have a Camaro, a Mustang. I wonder if their parts, I don't know much about cars, but I wonder which of their parts are from where. Cause I, I'll be surprised if the whole thing is from America. Maybe they bought a little some stuff from other countries i don't know but for the most part they're they're american companies so <laughs> there's there's that so bill meyer gets wrecked by dan crenshaw we're gonna play this out i'm gonna have to talk about the clip as i play it so this way we don't get flagged okay because he was warned this did not have to happen uh alex azar his his health and human services guy january 18th he warned him about this and again, on January 30th, Trump said he was being an alarmist. Peter Navarro, somebody else who talks to Trump a lot, told him directly January 29th, you got to get ahead of this. February two days 10th. Later, he, two days later, he implemented a restrictive tra tra travel ban from China, which he was widely criticized no, for. You I, know, that same well, day on January 31st. It's so weird. Bill Meyer is out of his element. I think he's filming this at home. But Crenshaw just immediately said, yeah, and a couple days later, Trump did this to, to do X. And Bill Meyer, like, looked off in the distance like he wasn't all there. He kind of zoned out a little bit. He was trying to think, didn't know what, what was going on. Oh, well, no. And it, in his body language, he lost all confidence in what he was saying. Almost like he knows he's wrong, and now he's going to try to weasel his way out of it. Nancy Pelosi proposed the No Ban Act, which would be... He looks down, and he's kind of like looking to see if he can figure something out. Congressional limitation on what President Trump's actually able to do with that with that travel restriction. Okay, but that... He's, he, he's looking off as he's talking and shrugging his shoulders. Lies about that. He First of all, he well, didn't... How does he lie about it? What do, he, what do you mean? He said he stopped people coming in from China. He did not. He said he was ahead of it. 43 countries did it before we did. There are still people coming in from China. He only stopped yeah. foreign nationals. Yeah, okay, let, let, let me address that. See, you know what? I, I, I am just analyzing Bill Meyer's body language. That whole time he was talking, he was looking off until he made that last point, that last point that he was a little bit more confident in, where he said Trump was still letting in uh, Chinese nationals because Bill Meyer believes that, okay, Boink, I know that happened. That's going to be my smoking gun to prove that I am right and Dan is wrong. And But now listen to what Dan says. That Because I, I know that's, that's what people are saying right now. But the reality is that yeah, was about 40,000 people came in after that. These are U.S. citizens and green card holders and passport holders being repatriated. U.S. citizens. So you have to make the argument yeah. then that, that we shouldn't allow them in. And I mean, it, it sounds to me like you're fully agreeing with President Trump on this when everybody oh. else disagreed with him. And, no. and so Bill Meyer, he gives like this fake surprise look and like a very dramatic, oh, and then looks off in the distance again. If you're saying that you wish that that, that travel restriction had been more extreme, okay, fine. I well, mean, I, I, you apparently had the foresight back then, but when nobody else did. But the fact okay. is, you okay. know, we, if Joe Biden was in charge at that moment, he's already said he wouldn't have done it. He criticized it as, at the time. 
Nancy it, Pelosi actually proposed legislation to to stop it. Okay, so, but people you know, are but it, people are still coming in from from China. It wasn't just foreign nationals. But let's get off that. Let me just go back to the timeline for a minute. Uh, February tenth, after these warnings. Uh, he says it's going to go away in April with the heat uh, because he had a hunch. So <laughs> Bill was just like, oh, let's just not talk about that anymore. And then he just goes into something else that he thinks that he could come up with a win on. Uh, February 25th, he goes to India. This is four days after the White House Coronavirus Task Force said we're going to have to lock down the country. And Dr. Nancy Messonnier who's uh, in charge of the Center for Immunization oh. and Res Respiratory Diseases. Wait a second, let me just finish. She announced this on the 26th, uh, he, uh, on the 25th, that we we're going to have to lock down the country. He said the next day, 15 people have it. So it looks like this, this is the problem with these late night hosts, is that this is how... This is what happens when they don't have their multi-million dollar production crew and writers on hand and, and editing on staff and everything. This is what they're left down to. Bad YouTubers, bad YouTube political takes. Like they, they like what I'm doing right now, I'm a YouTuber sitting in my room with a camera. That's them right now, but with bad takes. And it's soon going to be close to zero. March 6th, he said anyone who wants a test can get it, which is still completely Let me stick to February, completely wrong. Go forward because uh, you I, mentioned February 25th. The day before, February 24th, that's when the administration requested $2.5 billion from Congress to fulfill um, you know, CDC, NIH, uh, and FDA funding to combat the virus and, and the potential spread of it. What happened right then? I'll tell you because I was in Congress and I know what happened. Did we vote on a supplemental funding bill? No. Did we wait days to vote? No, still didn't vote on it. You know, sorry to cut this one off, but Dan is on point. He knows everything that happened, when it happened, on the date, and Bill is just going off of what he's being fed by the mainstream media, which he obviously he also is in the mainstream media, but he's just going off of what he's being fed and just trying to read off these headlines really quickly that the media is doing hits on Trump with. And Dan knows all the answers to these already. What we voted on later that week. Nancy Pelosi, the only thing she would put on the floor to vote on was a bill to ban flavored tobacco. That's that's what actually happened. It wasn't it was only a week later that we actually voted on supplemental funding that the administration requested. Your criticism appears to be based in one thing that Trump was overly optimistic. That's his style. You know, again, I, you can criticize it. That's fine. But it doesn't but it's not connected to the actions that were actually taken, because if I back up even further, you know, February 14th, CDC announces ongoing work with five laboratories to perform community-based influenza surveillance and study the spread of the virus. We're, we're trying. We're in a fact-finding mode in February. People forget this. We People weren't. keep calling the, February this lost month. The world it's really not. There's just it, every time that Bill tries to talk, he says it, and he as, as he looks off and drifts off into the abyss. Every time he says something. And I think that's his tell. When he's not confident with what he's saying, that's what he does. When he is confident, he looks directly into the camera. And it's these subtle cues that you tend to pick up on with people. Because Dan is looking right in the camera and just saying what's up. That's an easy and cheap accusation because there's no big, bold moves taken like there was in January or like there was in March. But the reality is our government was working to create that test. Now, did they work as fast as we would have liked? No, of course not. And there's a lot of reasons for that, which I, I'm happy to go into. By March 3rd, there was only 102 cases in the United States. And yet I'm hearing criticism that we should have been locked down weeks earlier.
But would you think the American people would have accepted that with only 100 cases in the United States? Italy didn't lock down until March 10th. Spain, not until March That's a really good point, because now that's the new narrative is we should have locked down earlier. But the American people would not have accepted that at all. March 14th. UK, not until later in March. Places like Sweden's never locked down. And so I, I just I, I provide all of that context as we try to basically accuse this man of of, uh, of well, he's being accused of having blood on his hands. And, and context is so important here. Well, it is. And also, it's not just about being optimistic. It's about being right. The world was aware of this. And since when does America take its lead from Italy and Spain? Uh, well, because those were those are where the outbreaks were happening. I understand. Right? Well, I'm pointing it out again, again for context. But if, oh, if man, we're going to criticize somebody's actions. We have to do it in the context of the facts they knew at the time. And so I just I'm just trying to be fair here that I don't really care about defending him or his actions. I just care about letting people know well, the truth. And when people make these accusations, I have to ask them a question. Is the goal to make Trump look bad or is the goal to get to the truth? Because there's two different sets of answers for that. OK, but sometimes they converge. Sometimes the truth is that somebody who says, if I have they a converge, hunch, they converge. I have a hunch this is going to go away. Uh, is that someone you would want to have served with? I mean, my God, I don't yeah. understand well, again actually, why someone. When Bill is saying this point, He's looking right in the camera with confidence because he knows that's what Trump says. And this is a point that the Democrats always divert to and they go to when they're losing the argument. They always go to, well, Trump said it's this and Trump just said that it was going to go away. That's their last inch of hope when they know they're defeated. And this is the only time, one of the few times, Bill's looking directly into the camera with confidence. Someone with your resume, you were in Fallujah, for God's sakes. Would you want someone, a, 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 a commander, to say that to you, to blame everybody else if something goes wrong, and then to say, <laughs> you know, I have a hunch yeah. the enemy's not going to be in there. Let's attack. Sure, no, I, I understand that. So here's how I would, I would describe my answer to that. When bullets are flying past my head, I don't need to raise my voice. And I wrote about this in my book, too. Calm breeds calm, panic breeds panic. Um, you know, being an optimistic, positive, you know, and exuding positivity and calmness in crisis is exactly how we ask our seals to lead. Um, and and now I'm not sure I see a lot of. So you know what I I notice this is the only time in this interview where Dan Crenshaw stutters a little bit and looks off because it's pretty off topic. Where. Dan is talking about the virus and this, and then Bill kind of diverts to, well, you've been in war, and he's kind of diverting the conversation into war and the commander-in-chief and, and being at war. And it's a little bit off topic, and I think Dan is just trying to get his thoughts and his mind around where this conversation is going because it's diverted so far from the fact that Trump was preparing America for the crisis. Now it's going to Dan's war experience of evidence for blaming others, maybe blaming China, although there's a lot of evidence for that. So maybe that's a good place to play blame. But I, I did it last Trump week. Blaming, uh, you know, Democrats here. Or, you know, he's he's exposing hypocrisy, and it maybe and maybe we're confusing that with blame. But no, I, I mean, again, calm breeds calm, and that's how we would lead in the SEAL teams. Okay, that's the end of the clip. So Dan, even though Dan supports red flag laws. You know what? He's on his way to redemption with that, with a clip like that. But yeah, I mean, it's very telling in the body language of Bill Meyer that he was absolutely defeated in that interview. What do you guys think?
I think when once you strip away the millions of dollars in production and the the tons of writers and people who set up the show and producers, these late night hosts or these show hosts are just empty shells of an entertainer or empty shells of a political pundit. Just empty. They're they're the void of uh, proper thinking because they're in their coddled world so much will Bill Meyer will normally get to a desk and the proper guest will be set up and the proper topics and everything will be well researched and it's just all there for him it's not like that anymore right now that's why we're seeing SNL crap we're seeing uh, the late night talk show which is crap and we're seeing you know from Bill Meyer just just utter crap it's it's crappier than the the previous crap. Even though the previous crap was super crap, now it's just extra super crap. But yeah, that's about it. <laughs> it was pretty epic, pretty 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 good by Crenshaw. I gotta say, it was so good it was actually trending on Twitter. Listen to Pelosi try to weasel her way out of this lie. But the Fauci, Dr. Fauci is right. If it is done properly, it hasn't been. And that, I think, when he puts it in the if it's done, is an admission that it hasn't been done. You, as you are right now, have been very critical of President Trump, especially for what you say is the time that he lost initially in January and February in responding to the virus. But I want to point out that on February 24th, you went on a walking tour of Chinatown to try to promote tourism there. And here's some of what you had to say. That's what we're trying to do today is to say everything is fine here. Come because precautions have been taken. We think it's very safe to be in Chinatown and hope that others will come. I'm so glad that he put that on blast right in front of her face. And just Pelosi's face is just like a porcelain doll smiling uh, all nervously. Very creepy. Very creepy. She knows she's got got. The president underplayed the threat in the early days, Speaker Pelosi. Didn't you as well? (laughs) No. What we're trying to do is to end the discrimination, the stigma that was going out against the Asian uh, American community. And in fact, if you will look, the record will show uh, that our Chinatown has been a model uh, of containing and and preventing uh, the virus. So I'm confident in our folks there and thought it was necessary to— Oh, Pelosi wasn't endangering people. People. She just didn't want people to be racist. Oh, she's just an anti-racism woman that to her own standards cost thousands of people their lives. Set some of the things that the president and others were saying about Asian Americans and making them a target, uh, a, a target of violence across the country. In fact, in but, fact but, some hate but crimes. But forgive me, committed. don't you think... Don't you think that when you're out walking without any masks, I understand this is February, not April, when this happened, and saying that there's no threat, it's perfectly safe there, weren't you also adding to this perception that there wasn't such a threat generally? No, I was saying that you should not discriminate against, discriminate against Chinese Americans, as some in our administration were doing, uh, by the way they were labeling the flu and that. No, indeed. And again, I think you, if you 
check the record and it's current, uh, you will see that, our, that Chinatown has been a model uh, in all of this. And that's what we're saying. Look to them for answers. Don't look to them uh, to uh, place blame. See, here's the thing. When you're, when you're listening and watching a lot of these Democrats get really uh, pressed and pushing, you can kind of tell when they're lying. The certain ticks, certain eye movements. They, say, they might say certain things a lot. They might mumble or stutter. The problem with Pelosi is everything she says is a lie, so you have nothing to compare her body language and movement and how she talks to. There's, there, <laughs> there's no control of her telling the truth. There's everything she says is a lie, so that's just how we perceive her. That, that's what we think. She's always um, 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 uh, um, uh, um, weird smiles. She just always does that. So there's, there's hard, it's hard for us to tell her tell lie, but... In this case, it did seem like her way of how she acts was up a notch. We can tell she's lying. There's still—this is the problem with the Democrats. Because Orange Man is bad, they put themselves into a corner where they can no longer come out and say, well, at the time, there was no COVID-19 and the— president and the so-and-so and this and everybody was giving us this information that it was actually not that bad and it's not here and there's nothing to worry about trump was shutting down this and doing that so at the time it seemed like the best decision to make and the best thing to do because we didn't want people to be racist um you know you could say that and you know what a lot of people would be like you know what you're right because at at the time people were saying x and this was what people believed about COVID-19. So, okay, yeah, I get it. At the time, it was different. But now, when it's the now, and people like Pelosi and de Blasio and these other Democrats are going back saying, all this happened because of Trump, and Trump was downplaying it. And because Trump downplayed it, it led to X and people dying. But you were literally doing the same exact thing. They try to cover that part up. They don't want you to know about that. The media will, will shill for them and back them with that the problem is, because they're blaming Trump for the same things that they did, there's no way out for them anymore besides just lying. They can't be honest anymore. And that's part of the Trump derangement syndrome. It's, you know what I have to say, overall, for America, I gotta say it's actually quite good. Because it puts them on display, it puts these Democrats on display, it exposes them as the frauds that they are. Before Trump, these frauds were hiding in plain sight, and you know what? They had a lot more people fooled. Now, because of the Trump derangement syndrome, they dial it up to 11. They emphasize their wrongdoings to the point where it's so obvious. And I think for the long term for Americans, people are waking up. Every day, someone new is waking up and saying, hey, you know what? That's bullshit. <laughs> Everybody's waking up every single day. More people are waking up, and it's, it's, that's good for America. The mainstream media still holds a massive amount of power, but every day that power is—they're losing that power every single day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please like, subscribe, turn the post notifications on, do whatever you got to do. Shoot me a text, 917-540-8768.
Yeah, that's the number. Just shoot me a text. You can stay updated. Subscribe to the podcast, America the Podcast, on all the podcast apps. And send, send it to your friend if you can. Send the podcast to your friends. It'll help me out a lot. If you're listening on Apple, rate it five stars because all the leftists, they are spamming one star. So if you can help me out there, that'll help out a lot. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, you can, you can get out of here now. Shoo. Shoo, stop listening. Peace.